0: Or Whatever Movies
1: with Wesley and Iris. What up? Welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I am your co-host, Iris, and I am here with my older brother. Wesley. Today we're talking a film from 2020, Netflix original film, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom.
0: Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, a little bit of an unwieldy title. I associate the word bottom with like a hollow in the South. Right. Like a, in the woods. So I thought Ma Rainey's Black Bottom would be like this little pocket of the South where she is a big deal before huh. the Great Migration North. And then I came to understand that it seems to be about her butt.
1: <laughs> She's rocking the donk. But <laughs> now that I look at bottom, like I'm looking at the word bottom and I'm having a um, a macadamia moment with it. What's that song?
0: Macadamia. Bulbous Gazebo? bouffant,
1: bouffant, macadamia. What's that song called?
0: Bulbous bouffant gazebo
1: i'm looking (laughs) i'm looking at the word bottom and why is that word look so weird and when you say bottom why am i not equating it with butt
0: but yeah there is the ma rainey's black bottom song that ma rainey the actual ma rainey performs and there also is booty shaken not just from ma rainey but also from all the dancers in the southern tent performance with all the grease paint and i watched it for about 10 seconds and then said out loud jesus christ that's viola davis (laughs)
1: why is she so lustrous and shiny i mean i get that she's performing and she's sweaty and that at the recording studio it's very hot because she says as much the moment she enters but how come nobody else is like rocking the heavy glycerin
0: well viola davis said that legend has it under those lights in those tents her makeup looked like grease paint, and Viola Davis very much wanted to emulate that feel. She looks heightened and exaggerated and has her gold teeth, so Viola Davis had gold teeth. I'm saying it was accurate, and Ma Rainey was apparently a pretty heightened figure.
1: A larger-than-life character in real life.
0: Obviously, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is a play. You can't get away from it. It's written by August Wilson, the second August Wilson play that Viola Davis has done after Fences, for which she won her Academy Award for Best Supporting.
1: Not to mention Denzel Washington.
0: Who produced this movie as well as Fences. Denzel Washington says he's going to bring all 10 August Wilson plays to the screen in some form or another. And while that's neato, it also seems like maybe a little bit tiresome. Because *My Rainy's Black Bottom* never didn't feel like a stage play to me. Every right. time I was I was immersed mm-hmm. in this colorful tent performance, or I was charmed by the matte paintings and the the CG effects of of 1920s era Chicago just before the Great Depression. I was then pulled out of that by these heavy monologues and obvious blocking and stagey theatrical elements.
1: Yeah, this never quite transcended the stage play format for me. I don't think that they perhaps made best use of the cinematic format. It felt at times small. Yeah, there were some really great set pieces, the performances and her commuting to the, the recording studio, most notably. But when they're in the recording studio, especially the rehearsal room, it feels pretty confined pretty claustrophobic and then some of the other sequences that were intended to bring some life and color you know like they had the montage of the different poses and and things of the people that are supposed to convey the sentiment of the time or maybe even the oppression of the time and it felt like you know insert montage here but it wasn't the story translated into a cinematic format
0: Almost like if there were a handbook for bringing stage plays to the screen.
1: Right, Like, and you can just go Hamilton-style and just do a recording of a stage production. Couldn't that have been maybe just as effective?
0: Maybe. I want movies to be an immersive experience. I would to forget that I'm watching a staged production that just happens to be caught on camera because in movies we can construct an illusion of reality, even if we know on some level that it's not. And so every time levy or toledo had their extended monologue i could almost see the rest of the stage darkening the spotlight hitting them as they talk to the enwrapped audience you know it felt very monologuey and confinement of focus that stage play requires we didn't have to do that, where you have this rowdy bunch of musicians who then quiet down so that he can have total silence during his awful monologue of his history of abuse growing up.
1: And that was the moment, as engaging as the story was, it was the vehicle that transported this firmly into play territory. I got the cue. I was like, okay, this is another Fences situation. It was so clearly different from everything else we had seen up until that point It was kind of jarring, and the story was was certainly tragic, but it's, it's very interesting. It illustrates this idea that Levy thinks that he has a way of dealing with white men. He thinks that he has the upper hand in negotiations, right, because he's thinking ahead and he's got his own plans that he's making. And yet, that's not what it says about his character at all. What it actually says is that he has a murderous nature, and that he's kind of suffering from some of the same the same oppression that his dad suffered from.
0: So, not to say that his character doesn't have development, but I did write down the rape monologue. It seems horrible that you would that I would say this, but it almost seemed out of place in his fast talking and the repartee between the musicians to segue into that really dark monologue felt out of place to me in a way that didn't seem disingenuous but right like a theatrical convention and so those were the drawbacks at the same time if you're going to be surrounded by this level of artifice that you can't get out of it becomes up to the actor to transcend that awkward spotlight and really bring the character to life and i got to say i was hesitant It's very sad that we lost Chadwick Boseman. Black Panther, great, all that good stuff. I didn't particularly like him in The Five Bloods, and we watched that just before he died and reviewed it, and I felt really bad about saying that he didn't feel commanding in presence or heroic to me, at least as the persona that the other Bloods look up to and remember fondly decades after their interaction. But Looking at Chadwick Boseman's last role, I was like, man, I don't want to crap on this dude. I don't know anything about Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I don't know anything about Ma Rainey or any of these performers or the stage play. I had no context. And as Levy standing up and taking his cue and doing his monologue, it was monologue and stuff. But Chadwick Boseman gave the best performance I've ever seen out of this actor. I don't remember him being particularly colorful. He was kind of repressed and was trying to make his way through baseball when he played Jackie Robinson. That was 42, right? Yep. Uh, Obviously, Black Panther brought him to prominence, and he played a heavily accented role as just a cog in the Marvel wheel. He was definitely a major player, but he was also surrounded by a Marvel movie. But to get him in the spotlight, suffering from cancer very near the end of his life, and no one knew, apparently, no one on this production knew that he was sick. Although it seems obvious from his drawn appearance and how starkly that stands in contrast to his Black Panther role. Like, how could that guy ever have beefed up? It's very sad. But when all that is stripped away and he can maybe bring his personal emotion and his things to the Levy character, I was blown away by how good a performance he gave. A fitting final role and even if we didn't know what we know about him now even if we still had him around I would be like wow that dude really impressed me in this role
1: was it the cadence of his voice and the energy that he brought the character and his ability to hold your attention with his monologue like what was it about his performance
0: the man was probably in pain and struggling emotionally and he brought all that to the surface for a level of depth and yet restraint the Levy character knew his place in the great white north of Chicago, and he knew he was lucky to be there as part of Myrini's ensemble, but he was obviously yearning to break out on his own. He was kind of a pain in the ass, and he knew what he had, what he was working with, his level of talent, and conceivably what he could pull off on his own because of the uncertainty, and he struggled with that uncertainty all his life from not being sure how to handle and process what his mom went through, feeling powerless, him being vulnerable. And to demonstrate that effectively around his bandmates without trying to murder them is a spectacle to behold. When Chadwick Boseman tapped into those emotions, he almost goes into a trance.
1: What I'm hearing is that the character checks out and... The content is all there. The performance is there. The only limitation in this having maybe the most impact it could have on you was in its execution.
0: I mean, these musicians are stopping down their workday of practice and preparing for the recording session to start telling horrible murder stories. And it's like, as long as we're going here, you're going to have to ease me into this abrupt transition. You're going to have to hold my hand and carry me along. It's what I needed for it to happen. I wasn't maybe expecting it to happen as well as it did, because I don't think this movie necessarily, the movie itself doesn't really have a narrative except for this recording session and what goes down in it. It's a series of monologues that informs the brief decisions that these people make in the scope of one important day of a recording session.
1: Yeah, if there is any plot, it's getting to and out of the recording session. But there's plenty of drama fodder in there. I mean, it's just, it's constructed like a play, and the content is all there. The filmmakers just didn't seem to go to any great lengths to um, properly translate it for greatest impact to the screen.
0: I get the sense that both Fences and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom were intentionally meant to feel like an intimate stage experience. And for us as movie fans, that doesn't always work because it's not what I look for in movies. But as a vehicle, I'm glad that we have Ma Rainey's Black Bottom on the screen. There were some elements that couldn't have been done necessarily on the stage, like the crashing of the two cars. But what I honestly think that that car crash was about was her and Levy, was Ma Rainey and Levy coming to a head. It's what this movie is about. It's the tension during this recording session between Ma Rainey and her horn player who wants to step out. But both Chadwick Boseman and Viola Davis are credited together on the same card. And I think that the car crash was meant to represent these two figures crashing together in this one space.
1: Yeah, there's certainly a collision of personalities, but there's tons of conflict in this film. Interpersonal, intrapersonal, cultural, societal. Like, I'm trying to think, is the Levy Ma Rainey conflict, the central conflict? I'm not so sure.
0: I think it is. If you look at the promotional material, at least, it's the two of them facing away from each other but giving each other the side eye. It's this match. There's lots of undercards, but their confrontation is what we've been building to. Right. We're allowing them to come up to speed to reach their own trajectories and velocities independently, Levy with the band and Ma Rainey with her manager and and record producer. And by the time they come together, I was like, whoa, because it was not unlike doubt for me where I talk, I think we've talked before while uh, Viola Davis was in that movie still watching Meryl Streep's character and Philip Seymour Hoffman's character come together. You just watch these heavyweights and you're washed away. By the the amount of screen presence.
1: (laughs) Yeah, except when they finally meet head to head, it's pretty understated, right? He's like, no. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, no. And she's like, yeah. And you're fired. And he's like, fine. And he kind of mouths off a little bit. And that was it. It wasn't like this big explosion. She kind of summarily dismisses him, don't you think?
0: Yeah. But this movie was not a big explosion movie. When the levee breaks and poor Toledo has to die, Ma Rainey's long gone by then. She's off in the car thinking to herself about what she's gotten herself into. It, it also subverted those expectations a lot of the time. When Homeboy was trying to offer him five bucks for his song. Right and dismisses him and stuffs the money in his pocket and walks off, I was like, please don't push him down the stairs. Because they walked up the stairs, he followed him up, and then they had that extended conversation where we know how close Levy is to snapping. At the top of the stairs, I was like, oh man, this is going to be bad. But he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He turns his rage on Toledo, and it's very sad. But it didn't have anything to do with what I think is the primary conflict of this movie, which is Ma Rainey and Levy and how we're developing in separate rooms, not far apart, cultivating these two personalities that would allow them to come to such a head.
1: Yeah, I think that plot-wise, it is perhaps the central conflict, but philosophically, emotionally, it seemed like the conflicts were more internal, and not necessarily Levy against himself, but like Levy against the world, like Levy butting up against the limitations of the world that he lives in there was a lot of duality that these characters were dealing with they were dealing they were dueling with their duality like ma Rainey trying to reconcile her place in the south and her place in the north like she lives in this bifurcated world where she's the queen of the south and she's a black woman trying to defend herself in the white north or in chicago like she's very clearly a diva but how much of her diva-ness is her on the defense yeah she can only
0: control a very limited sphere in chicago
1: right so she uses everything at her disposal to kind of protect herself and it comes off as being diva or hard to work with. But really, like, is she working with practical businessmen who are on a budget, or is she dealing with kind of shady crooks who are out to use or maybe even abuse her and her talents? She's in a tough spot where she's trying to figure out how best to navigate, but then we get these really soft touching moments with her that shows us that, you know, when she lets her guard down, that she's not rude to her core, she's not difficult and taciturn to her core, like putting her foot down for, about her nephew. Maybe she's making a point, but maybe she also cares for the kid. And she's sure. so happy when he succeeds or when she has the moment where she can talk to Cutler with her guard down. She talks about music, her love of music, and maybe even by extension, her love of life.
0: Yeah, you can see her joy when they nail those takes. And you yeah, see when the gold they nail the
1: takes, they cut the record. You know, she's elated, she's talking to Cutler and they're laughing and you can tell that she has joy, but so much of it is subdued or stamped out of her when she has to be so vigilant and so much on the defense in this world that is unfriendly to her and to black people who are coming up.
0: Maybe this was cinematic jazz where sometimes you have to take a back seat and just keep the rhythm or be an accompaniment so these monologues, these solos, can soar, each in their own time, each in their own place, and complement each other. Right? It's a very delicate dance that, it, like I said, isn't very immersive necessarily, but it works coming together where you can demonstrate both the highs and the lows of Ma Rainey's character, uh, similarly with Levy. And therefore, I think this movie's strongest suit is the character's in being able to say that we can infer why Ma Rainey is the way she is and go along with her as she shifts gears between being excited, between being angry and defensive and just being quiet and sweet, not even necessarily when she gets her way, just demonstrating through her quiet forcefulness, what her motivations are and what her goal, her objectives are in just giving the kid a chance. Not because he's anywhere near the best performer or the appropriate person to have leading her record, but rather that she loves him and he does do it. And when he does it, they rejoice in the same way that when these elements come together and they transcend the stage like presentation, it's gratifying to see the, yes, there are the constraints, but also the benefits of working within this format.
1: I get get what you're saying, like the theatrical format allows for these kind of deeper, maybe even more artificial feeling, emotional moments and insights. But then is the only benefit of this format that it brings this play that we wouldn't otherwise see into our living rooms?
0: Nope. I'm saying it was all about the characters for me. And if you give the characters a chance to flex and it works, that's enough for me. Let us talk about Viola Davis. As Ma Rainey.
1: She never got snotty in this.
0: Had you? (laughs) And so if that's her gimmick, if her thing is her ability to cry and get snotty, then isn't it a testament to Viola Davis that she doesn't have to get snotty and doesn't have to commit in a Blair Witch Project kind of way to still get it done? Did you have any context whatsoever for the figure, the historical figure of Ma Rainey? No. And so this was pure Viola Davis for me. And watching it, I was like, whoa, that's Viola Davis. She's out of her element in in the north of Chicago. And going back to some character stuff really briefly, the white characters, to the filmmaker's credit, uh, Mr. Wolf's credit, I don't think any of the white people were the white devil types that we saw in Harriet. Harriet. Yeah. They were... You know, they were trying to get their job done, sure. Maybe they were a little bit brusque in the business sense when Levy is turned down for his personal songs. But no worse than Ma Rainey's Divinous in her wanting to get her way. You want my voice? You brought me here. It's going to have to be my way. I'm not trying to put anybody out. I'm trying to get what's correct, what's mine. You know, even the car crash guy in the beginning, nobody was evil or had malicious intent. They just... They were clashing personalities, but it all rested for me on both Chadwick Boseman's Levy character and Ma Rainey being essential components in this battle. And what I'm getting at is that Viola Davis is a bad motherfucker, man. (laughs) She is one of my favorites, maybe the best actress since Meryl Streep. And if you're looking for immersion and embodiment of character in a way that didn't feel stagey or I mean, even her, her monologues, they didn't feel hammy or unnecessarily melodramatic to me. It's shocking how That's true. fully she can embody this character and how full that body was. I mean, she was in heavy makeup. Uh she's in a fat suit, lots of padding under there, and she brought that thing to life in a way that was astonishing for me. Like you can see her power in fences. You can see Denzel Washington's power. Still a little bit stage acty and kind of not hammy, but very colorful in a way that maybe one wouldn't demonstrate in their backyard. And here it just all came together for me.
1: Around Viola Davis's performance.
0: She's bad. She's good.
1: She's bad in the Mi- Michael Jackson sense of the
0: word. Yeah, with about the same amount of makeup.
1: I thought it was a great performance. I agree that she she doesn't feel stage-acty. She feels very appropriate for the medium. Uh, did she blow me out of the water?
0: I mean, Ma Rainey is a persona. The Ma Rainey character that everybody knows, I'm sure that she brought a lot of her personality to bear. I'm talking about the historical figure. and But right. she definitely had a persona, a, a heavily made up character of sorts that undoubtedly Viola Davis brought to the screen. And this is my persona. But once, as you've said, all that stuff breaks down, you see her stripped away and you see her motivations. That seamless transition didn't feel like a character shift for me. It all mm-hmm. felt very natural where she would yeah. go from the confrontational ma rainey to the sweeter softer yet no less commanding the tonal shift that was really hard to do without feeling like you're dropping an artifice it's just a different component yeah. of this personality on screen
1: nothing felt inconsistent with her character right it all felt motivated and like it could be potentially coming from the same place. I mean, even when she's all up on and groping Dusty May and then later she chides her for waving her butt around when when that was like the first thing that was like turning her on. Like it all feels like it's coming from the same place for me. I went in with pretty high expectations for Viola Davis. So did I. But maybe she was just so good and so natural.
0: Yeah, like Eddie Murphy coming to America level makes it look easy.
1: Makes it look easy, and and the better she is, the less you kind of notice it. Maybe her performance was just so good and appropriate that I missed how truly extraordinary it was.
0: Yeah, maybe it was, well, she's Viola Davis, and she's going to be really great in this performance. But then you watch, when you consider other movies that Viola Davis has been in, there's the acting movies, the snotty movies, like Fences or Doubt or any of those movies, where she's very serious, and you can see all the bottled up emotion and the rage and anger bubbling under the surface where she can't let it all go because it's not the proper place. And then you see her in movies like Widows or Suicide Squad, where she is quote unquote normal and wears contemporary clothes and speaks in a normal tone of voice that you wouldn't give her a second glance on the street. You certainly wouldn't feel like you're getting under the skin. And then there's... Ma Rainey, an extremely colorful personality. Then you see her in the making of the featurette stuff that there was a whole, a 30 minute documentary, most of which was about the black struggle and about music in 1920s in the South and in Chicago and the great migration. But you see Viola Davis speak and you realize how profoundly different she is. But I think that's kind of the caliber we've come to expect from her that she inhabits this character that was both Viola Davis and then a completely different Viola Davis. Maybe a lot of it was the makeup and the way she held herself and her posture and her body in this movie, but Ma Rainey as a character, despite the makeup and the padding, never felt fake to me. It was great. She so thoroughly embodies it with a total lack of pretension or reservation. You know, Ma Rainey, if you get her way, maybe she's smiling, but otherwise she's confrontational and brash and kind of diva-ish. And that's got to be tough. And I still loved every moment she was on screen.
1: Yeah, I think that Viola and Ma Rainey are really great compliments for bringing Ma Rainey's legacy to light because they both feel authentic to themselves like Ma Rainey made no excuses for who she was or how she was and Viola likewise I can't speak to her personal life but likewise in her professional life really puts it out there right she her she embodies characters who are so vulnerable and who are so kind of true to themselves
0: and we had talked about Renee Zellweger coming full force in Judy and a lot of it was her vulnerability and acting emotionally Transparent in a movie that's almost completely engulfing Renee Zellweger. With Viola Davis here, I think that's what she did. There are levels to Ma Rainey, and she had to build up that persona so thoroughly that that was the case. But with Renee Zellweger, we could point to the things that made that a tremendous performance. The fact that she actually sang like Judy Garland. And so I was obviously looking to find out if Viola Davis sang her songs. Do you know whether or not that's the case?
1: There was some clickbait video about this that I haven't gotten to yet.
0: Well, I watched the credits and I looked for the performances of her song and none of them were credited to anyone else. So I thought that's curious because it wasn't exactly obvious. So I did some digging and it turns out that she didn't sing the stuff when they're in the recording session. It's a lady named Maxine, M-A-X-A-Y-N Lewis who's been around for a long time. I can Tina Turner review. She was one of the Ikeettes. But she performed the My Rainy songs. The only part where Viola Davis actually sings is the My Dogs Are Barking or something when she's all up on Dusty Mae. <laughs> and that you can't get around because that would have been fake. But it's strange for me to say because that stuff is so important and noteworthy to me. It actually didn't matter to me. Maybe it's the fact that she acted the singing convincingly enough that I was Mm -hmm. like, is she doing her own singing?
1: Yeah, if you told me that she had done all of her own singing, I would have completely bought it. The lip sync seemed pretty flawless to me. I I can't help but feel like you're going a little bit overboard like Cheerleader, though.
0: For her to come in with this seemingly hammy, chewy, fat-suited, covered in makeup kind of role, I was like is this going to suck? And it so didn't.
1: But it kind of sucked in its execution. Like, the opening sequences were so promising. It could have been very cinematic. And then it kind of just closed into this very narrow thing. And the director felt a little hamstrung by the content because there's so much gold there. It's like he wanted to exploit every last ounce of it, and perhaps at the expense of really utilizing the medium.
0: Yeah, George C. Wolfe is a character. He was on a lot of the feat making of, and you're like, where is this voice coming from? Who is this dude? Oh, he's the director. Very colorful and kind of zany and funny. And not someone I would have expected because there, this is a tightrope walk. So what yeah. I was going to say is that Branford Marsalis came in and he did the musical arrangements and stuff. And he's well-known jazz musician and his family legacy is un- unparalleled but he came in and made sure that everything looked great. And I think Viola Davis singing really great on top of that. Chadwick Boseman decided to learn to play the frickin' trumpet as if he didn't have enough on his plate to make his (laughs) fingering and everything look authentic. And so I agree. There are a lot of problems with the execution and how this movie was presented. The movie just served as a vehicle for bringing me what made me very happy super strong performances, just enough of a skeletal framework to make me believe that they could launch into these tirades in character, and it was somewhat believable. I was never like fully immersed in this movie, but I was fully invested in the performances, and that was enough for me. I'm not saying that Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is a totally rating, because it's not. I would say those performances are totally but I was really surprised by a movie that I was actually kind of dreading, knowing that it was Mr. Bozeman's last performance. So sad. And even sadder now after the fact that I realized that we lost a significant talent.
1: An all right movie?
0: Mm, Yes, an all right movie. It was enough where I was like, come on, give it to me. And then, you know, even if you're on a crappy baseball field, when Jackie Robinson steps up to the plate and nails one, You're like, ah, satisfying.
1: Like with Judy, I think that the performances definitely carry this film over across the line for me. And I think that the story also is very, very worthwhile and very timely and just kind of interesting. I'm grateful to the movie for bringing the content of the stage play to my attention. Think there's a lot to understand a lot to just kind of like reconcile my own life experience with it is a little gem definitely worth a good so there you got it that's our review on Ma Rainey's black bottom a Netflix original film currently available forever available and streaming on (laughs) Netflix you got a all right from Wes with a totally for performances is that right
0: Yes, correct.
1: And a good from Iris. Let us know what you think about Ma Ratings Black Bottom, Eight one eight eight three five zero four seven three. Hit us up on email or whatever, movies at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, become a Patreon patron. That's one way that if you like our show, you can show your support. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. Electric acid. Electric acid.